0: Hi, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Jesse Gutierrez, pastor at Mercy Hill Church in Chula Vista. It's our prayer to bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. To know more about our ministry, you can visit our webpage, mercyhillcv.com. You can also find us on social media by searching Mercy Hill CV. If you enjoyed today's message, please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. God bless. This morning, or should I say this weekend, we we celebrated the greatest gift God has ever given us. Amen. His Son, Jesus Christ. Right? That's the greatest gift God has ever given humanity. Now, One of those gifts is a gift of faith this morning. God has given us the gift of faith. And I want to tell you something about the gifts that God gives. When God gives gifts to humanity, faith, love, uh, his son, they are gifts that everyone can use. Not everyone uses these gifts the way God intended for them to be used. You know, people uh, of all backgrounds, of all denominations, of all religions have faith. We don't dispute that. There are people who are devoted to their God. And there are people that are devoted even more than us. And they have faith. And, and there are people that love more profoundly than, than we love. There are people that can outgive the way that we give. There are people that, that use the gifts of God and not in the way that God intended for them to use it. Right? Now, but when we uh, take faith and we use it the way that God has intended for us to use it, the miraculous begins to happen in our lives. Now, to better understand the message this morning that I'm going to preach to you, I'm going to use faith, hope, and trust synonymously. All right, so those, we're going to use them as they're all the same language this morning. Now, what does the word of God say about Abraham? If we go to Romans chapter 4, verse 18, 18 through 21, it says this about Abraham. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, this is the New Living Translation. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. In other words, he kept trusting, he kept on having faith. Now, in verse 21, it says, he was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Now, I want to tell you this morning that when we place our trust in God, he never disappoints us. There are things in life that will disappoint us. There are friends that will let us down. There are relationships that will break your heart. There are uh, situations and and even people that we look up to will disappoint us. When we look in the news and we look at, you know, uh, men of God who have disappointed us, we look at, you know, different things that have happened around us, and the reality is is that people will disappoint us in life. Things will disappoint us in life. Situations will disappoint us. But when we put our trust in God, he will never disappoint you. Now, this week, this week, millions of people around the world, they are going to make their New Year's resolution. Okay? And let me tell you, let me give you a statistic. Out of all the millions and millions of people that are going to make their New Year's resolution, only 9% of those, 9% will actually make it come to pass. That's a small percentage, In ancient times, okay, in ancient times, the new year was celebrated during the time of planting crops. Uh, In most civilizations, everything was centered around the time of planting and harvesting. People would use this time to make oaths who lent tools and seed and other resources for their whole full harvest. Because of these ancient traditions, many uh, in some way or another, make promises to have, hopefully, a better year. So as people lent and borrowed and, and shared resources, the, they made promises. They made vows. And they said, okay, if, if I have a plentiful harvest, I will return these things to you. And that, began, that uh, became the tradition of making promises and oaths for the new year. See, because the new year in ancient times was around March, and it was centered around the planting of seeds, Now, many of us, right, as we look to the end of the year, there are a lot of things that happen in in 2020 that most of us would like to leave in 2020. God uses, but see, God uses the seasons. God uses the year. God uses things in our lives to keep us in his will. Did you know that? God uses the difficult seasons in our lives. He uses the things that happen that we wish would just go away and he uses it to bring us into his will. I like what First Peter says in chapter 4, verses, verses 1 and 2. It says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, okay, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ." You have done away with sin. You have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. This tells me that sometimes pain is brought into our lives to thrust us forth into God's will. If the pain brought us closer to God, then that was his will. If the pain brought us to our knees, if 2020 brought us to our knees to cry out to God, then that was the purpose according to this scripture. If you are suffering for Christ, um, but but you are saying, Lord, I want nothing to do with this life. Lord, I want to follow. I want to do your will. I want to do what you've called me to do. Then it's doing the right thing in you. Amen. Now, the best resolution that we can make today. I want to talk about that, right? There are a lot of goals that we can set for ourselves that will be beneficial. But I believe the most helpful for our spirit this morning is to trust God like never before. That we would trust God like never before. If we're going to make a resolution that's going to stick and that's going to be most beneficial in our lives, it's to trust the Lord like never before this morning. Now, the phrase trust in the Lord has become sort of a cliche in the Christian, in Christian lingo. Amen. It's, been, it's become kind of a cliche, and I'll explain this. In other words, um, when we can't find the words to comfort someone, when, when we're at loss of words, many times we'll say, you know, just trust in the Lord. Just trust in the Lord. Amen. And, and that has become kind of a, a cliche. It's kind of lost its meaning. Amen. Because we use it in that way. Another another way is, you know, I'm just trusting in God. I'm just trusting in the Lord. Is also used as as throwing caution to the wind. I don't know how it's going to happen. I have you know, you know, I have, I didn't think this through, but I'm just trusting in God, right? We're just trusting in the Lord. Usually it's accompanied by reckless behavior. How many people, you know, it's, it's, it sounds funny, but how many people um, don't, don't protect themselves during this season are not doing the things they should do. They're not wearing the mask and they're, 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 they're just crowding together, trusting the Lord, you know, being, being reckless in their behavior. Trusting the Lord is also used to mask the last minute plan or the fact that we have no plan. Amen. I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do in 2021 as a church. We're just going to trust in God. No plan, no effort, no, no agenda, you know, just, just trusting in God, right? So, so the meaning has kind of, it's kind of, it's lost. It's lost this morning when you say, you know, trust in the Lord. Well, what, what really does that mean? Now, aside from the humor, choosing to trust in God is the best thing that you can do to change the trajectory of your life. If you're going in a direction of, of destruction or a, a path in your life, trusting in God will turn that situation around. And I want to explain that this morning. I think at this point, everybody wants a better year, right? But there's no certainty that 2021 is going to be better than 2020. There's no certainty in that. But there's one thing that I know for sure this morning. Again, that those that place their trust in the Lord will not be disappointed. Amen. Psalms chapter 107 verse 35 says this, that we serve a God who can turn a desert into a pool of water and dry land into springs of water. Amen. And in, in other words, it doesn't really matter what 2021 holds it. Our our future is not connected to circumstances. We serve a God who can make a river in a desert. We serve a God who can bless even when it's a season of drought. We serve a God who can do that. So the thing is, is that it doesn't matter what happens in 2021. Our God is bigger than the circumstances. Amen? That's why we should put our trust in God because it's a sure thing. It's a guarantee. It doesn't matter what happens around you. You put your trust in God and you will not be disappointed. Amen? Now, this morning, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the how this morning. Now, if you're like me, you've listened to quite a bit of sermons. And... One thing that has frustrated me in the past is, okay, preacher, I know what to do. I know what, I know you're telling me what to do, but how do I do it? How do I do it? How how do I trust in God? And I want to explore that this morning because I believe it's important that as we leave this morning, that we leave understanding, how do I go about trusting God? How? Now, I've heard a, a, a preacher say that, you know, Most uh, ministers avoid the how because that's difficult because you really got to think about it, right? This is what you should do. Now go do it, right? That's that's easy. I can do that. Go trust in God, guys, and have a good year. That's easy, right? But how do you do it? How do you trust in God? You know, what does that look like? Because I want to do that this morning. I want us to leave here feeling confident that we know what it means and how we trust in God this morning. Now, the first point that I want to bring to our attention this morning is this. To trust in the Lord, one must have an extreme departure from those things that are empty. To trust in the Lord, one must have an extreme departure from those things that are empty. Now, we're going to go to our text this morning found in 2 Kings chapter 18 and and so forth. Now, I want to talk to you about a king, a king named Hezekiah. Now, it says in verse 2 of our text that Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king. He was a young guy, 25 years old. And he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. Verse 3 says, He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. Okay? Verse 4 says, He removed the pagan shrines, smashed the sacred pillars, cut down The Asherah poles, he broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifices to it. The bronze serpent was called Nehustan. Now, King Hezekiah was the son of a wicked king named Ahaz. Ahaz was notorious for introducing idols, false worship, and leading God's people down a darker and deeper path of sin. Now, we don't know exactly why Hezekiah decided to turn away from his father's footsteps. What we do know is that King Ahaz was a very wicked king. Matter of fact, he sacrificed one of his sons to the the altar to the god of Molech, which was a fire pit where they would conduct human sacrifices so that's pretty pretty intense okay his dad was was very much into the false god worship and and built many altars in Judah and led his whole kingdom down a dark path of false worship it could be that hezekiah looked at that and, and maybe, you know, growing up and seeing all the things that sin brought upon his father's life and the, and the people that followed in that same direction. Maybe he saw that as a kid. And maybe he said, you know, sin hurts, sin destroys. I'm looking at, at, at my parents and I'm seeing what, what's happening to people. And maybe he was one of those guys, those young guys that just took a step back and looked and said, you know what, this is not, this is not good. This, this is not the way that I want to go. It also could be that during his time and during his reign, the prophet um, Isaiah was prophesying during this season. It could be that he was listening to Isaiah that he was listening to the warning. And it could be that he said, you know, I I, want to serve the Lord. I want to give God my life. See, this morning, many times, we don't have people preaching to us. We don't have people saying, you know what? You need to give your life to Jesus. Many times, all we need to do is look around us and see the hurt that sin brings. Many times all we need to do is look around us and see the effects of the decisions of people who follow a pattern of sin. And we can make that decision this morning and say, you know what? I don't want to follow that path. I don't want to, I don't want to go down that road. I've seen what that lifestyle brings. I've seen the causes of living such a life, and you know what? I don't want that for my life. And that's exactly what Hezekiah. The scripture doesn't outright say it, but what we see here is that he, when he became king, when he had the opportunity to do whatever he wanted, he said, "Lord, I'm going to trust you." A matter of fact, it says in our in the scripture that Hezekiah trusted God like no one else did. Before or after him. Now, from personal experience, I have seen the effects of sin in my life. I've seen my father succumb to sin's grip. Now, if I saw that, amen, and I thought, you know what? This is not good. I'm sure many of us have also experienced and have thought the same thing. Now, one of the first things recorded about King Hezekiah was his extreme devotion to the Lord. I have learned to fully trust God. And I have learned that to, in order to fully trust God this morning, one must have an extreme departure from those things that had us bound. Now, we, we read in the scripture that the first thing King Hezekiah did was destroy the idols. Now, among all the idols and the temples that Hezekiah destroyed, it says he destroyed the bronze serpent that Moses had made, the Nehustan, which meant a piece of metal. Now, to the people of Judah, this serpent on the pole became a form of worship. They were like, you know what, we were being bit by the fiery serpents in, 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 uh, in the book of Numbers, and, and we were told to look at this pole with the serpent, and we were healed. No, no, it wasn't God. It was the serpent. And that's exactly what they did. They're like, no, God didn't heal us. It it wasn't God. It was the fact that there was this bronze serpent. So they began to worship that, and they made it into a god. And, And they put so much emphasis on this god. When Hezekiah came into the scene, right, he went straight to that bronze serpent and destroyed it and says, it's a piece of metal. It's a piece of metal. Now, I want to talk about the profound importance of that because, see, In our lives, there are things that we place so much weight on. There are things that we idolize, quote unquote. There are things that we put so much trust and devotion to that are empty. That are just like that bronze serpent, a piece of metal. And Hezekiah said, he came and he saw that bronze serpent and he said, you guys made it to God. It's just a piece of metal. There's no power in that serpent. And so he destroyed it. And so it was a radical. it was a extreme, an extreme departure from those things that they were worshiping. See? In order to trust the Lord this morning, in order for God to have our hearts this morning, in order for us to say, "Lord, I trust you, we must be willing to let go of the bronze serpent." We must be willing to let go of those things that are empty. We must be willing to let go of the things that have no power that we give power to. How many things do we give power to? How many things do we put so much emphasis on? Sometimes we put more power in our problems than the God who can solve them. And so he said, that's it. I'm going to do away with it. It's over. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to fully trust in God. And the first thing I'm going to do is get rid of all the things in my life that have no more power. See, if you want to trust God this morning, I'm going to give you the first step. In order to trust God, you need to put an end to all the things in your life that are empty. You need to do that today. This morning, you have to come face-to-face with the Lord and take a hard look at your life and say, you know what? I'm following all these things in my life, and there's no power, and there's only emptiness. And I'm giving them so much power, and I'm giving them so much trust, but really, they, they leave me feeling empty every single time. And this morning, we must depart from those things to fully trust the Lord Now, the second thing I want to talk about this morning is in our text here. It says in verse 5 through 7, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was none like him among all the kings of Judah, either before or after him. Verse 6 says, He remained faithful to the Lord in everything. And he carefully obeyed all the commandments the Lord had given Moses. The second point I want to give you this morning is that we need to remain faithful even when it's hard to remain faithful. Even when it's difficult to trust. Even when it's difficult to give God our trust. Our, our trusts to remain faithful, says here that Hezekiah remained faithful to the Lord in everything. Now, that statement really wouldn't hold much weight if everything was perfect, right? If everything was going as planned. Now, having our trust in the Lord may come with little or no cost when everything is in its place, when everything is perfect, when it's easy to trust. See, but it's not easy to trust when our faith is being tested, when it's being tempered, when we feel like we're going through the fire. See, King Hezekiah trusted in the Lord when the destruction of his kingdom seemed imminent. During his reign, see, see, what we don't understand this morning is that during his reign, the enemy was literally at his doorstep. To give you some more emphasis today and some more context, the, the kingdom was already conquered. The northern kingdom was conquered. Hezekiah witnessed firsthand his people being carried off to Assyria. He saw it with his own eyes. He saw everything that was happening before him. It wasn't easy to trust in God this morning. It wasn't easy for him to trust in God, as the scripture says, but as we know more about the context, we understand that this was very heavy. He trusted in God even when it wasn't easy to do it, and he remained faithful in his trust even when it wasn't easy, when it wasn't easy to do it. See, not only was not only did he witness his his people being carried off to exile because you know the the kingdom was divided into the northern and southern kingdom. So the northern kingdom was already conquered, destroyed, and he was in the southern kingdom. Now it says in our scripture, Amen, in this story that um, the Assyrian king came and he took over all the fortified cities of Judah. What does that mean this morning? That means this we're going to pretend that Chula Vista is, 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 is the kingdom, okay? And, and we, you know, we have our military bases, right? We have Camp Pendleton, right? We have um, the naval base in Coronado. We have Yuma, right? We have a base over there. Let's say we get word this morning that the enemy has come and has destroyed Coronado, has destroyed Camp Pendleton, and has destroyed Yuma. China Lake. Okay? Let's just say that this morning. Now, how would we feel? That's our protection. That's our trust. That is, you know, we we have the strongest military in in, in the world, and it's gone? And it's destroyed? See, Hezekiah had to trust when all those things, all the protection in his life had been removed. See, some, sometimes God will remove the protection in our life. You know, there are certain things that bring security to our lives. There are certain things that bring, you know, are like a security blanket. It could be our children. It could be our family. It could be our job. It could be our home. It could be our friends. It could be, you know, the things that we do in our downtime. It could be our, our, our social media. It could be so many things that bring a security into our lives. We feel secure because we have all these fortifications. See, King Hezekiah had these fortified cities all around his kingdom, all around his kingdom, protecting him. And then he got word that all of them had been destroyed. All of them. He had no more protection. See, sometimes God allows the protection, the fortified cities to be destroyed, to be taken over. Because he wants us in a place where we have no choice, but to place our trust in him. Where we're not going to our our plan B, our plan C. We're not saying, well, you know what? I'm cool because I still have, you know, this money over here. I'm cool because I still have this opportunity over there. I'm cool because, you know, I still have all these things. What happens when all that's removed? What happens when we have no choice but to trust God? Do we? Or do we start worrying and panicking and, and, and having, you know, all these issues because, you know, See, what happens is that, you know, it's not condemning that we do this. But many times God shows us these things. Many times, you know, we have a year like 2020 to show us, I need to trust God. I I, I need to to turn my attention to the Lord. See, this morning, the way that we're going to trust God is to not only have a radical departure not only put an end to those things that cost emptiness but to keep on even when it's not easy to even when it seems like it's not in your favor even when it seems that you know you've done it all and and your lord this is not working out and i had it easier when i wasn't trusting you when i was able to, when i was able to handle it myself But we ought to remain faithful to trusting the Lord, even when it's not easy to do it. Amen. I'm going to ask my daughter to come up at this time. And and as we close this morning, and uh, we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. So many times we put so much weight on the things that we have accomplished. Amen. We put a lot of weight on things that we've accomplished. Many times we've put a lot of weight on the things that we don't accomplish this morning. Like, I should have been more faithful to the Lord. I should have trusted him more. I should have never given up. I should be serving to a greater capacity and I haven't been. So many times we put weight on the things that we do and the things that we don't do. But God doesn't measure us. He doesn't measure our worthiness on the things that we have done. God does not measure us according to the things that we haven't done or the things that we have done. And neither should we this morning. See, Abraham wasn't counted righteous because of his track record. He was counted righteous because he refused to give up on the promise God had for his life. The best thing that we can do this morning is put our trust in him who has the power over sin and in him who controls our destiny. I'm going to propose to all of us this morning that our New Year's resolution, if you want to call it that, would begin this morning. And that would be to put our trust in the Lord like never before. And that we would put an end to all the things in our life that have been empty, that have caused us pain. That have caused us hurt. That that have left us feeling rejected. See, God wants to bring to your life a fulfillment like no other. God wants to be everything to you. And he wants you to take that first step this morning by saying, God, this day I choose to put all my trust in you and an end to all the things that have caused brokenness in my life, that have caused pain in my life.